Welcome to the Epic Briefs Variety Show, featuring Chris Evans, Kate Rasorakai, Jamie Peters, Ryan Plord, and Claudius Moore. First up, with so much toot, here's Jamie with life lessons to help you go from ashy to sassy. Kindness is my go-to, but fuck off is my wingman. Shh, listen up. We got a story to tell. Ah, I remember my first crush in grade school, said the old man about his past fourth grade self. Yes, fourth grade, I had just transferred to a new school while commuting from a different county. I hadn't made any friends yet, and I believed silly things like dating white girls was illegal if you were black. But fortunately for me and my adherence to fourth grade ordinances, there was this girl in my classes. We'll call her Keisha. Man, she was pretty and smart and articulate, and she had this bright smile with perfectly symmetrical dimples in each cheek. Anyway, over time, I started making friends and I told them about Keisha really at any chance I could get. I was mistaken in calling them friends as they immediately went to go tell Keisha one day during our language arts period. I did not have much time to develop my game, so I opted for my now tried and true approach when expressing affection for a woman in a group setting by hiding under the nearest table. It was my first time deploying such tactics, and as such, Keisha was able to scope me out with help from that skank Jesse who saw me dart underneath moments before. Keisha came over, looked underneath, looked me in my terrified eyes, shook her head, and walked away. She didn't say no, so I assumed that was a yes, a belief that is much more problematic as an adult. I do not recommend it. It also wasn't the truth, as Keisha went on to date another guy just a few weeks later. My geeky four-eyed self made like Steve Urkel and tried all sorts of schemes to get Keisha to like me. Since she could sing, I sat in a seat in front of her during a field trip bus ride and sang softly, hoping she would hear me and be impressed. She did and asked me if I was talking to myself. She had a little girl crush on my cousin who was a high school football player, so somehow I believed that by telling her I was merely related by marriage to that football player, that would get her to like me. Eventually, we were in middle school. I had already completed a nice voice change and had a nice little growth spurt. My body decided it didn't want to get too tall though, and just called it quits after I got to about 5 feet. Hindsight is 20-20 and is still about 5 foot 6. But I had gained some confidence and started talking to Keisha at the end of the day waiting to be picked up from school. It turns out that both of our mothers now taught at the school, and she commuted from out of the city too. We both sang in school and church choirs, and some of the people we hung out with were the same. We got along really well after all, and I still liked her, but it was nice just being friends. One day, the biggest, strongest athlete in the school came up to me after classes. My premature end to puberty had finally come to bite me, preparing myself for what was probably going to be the bullying I saw on television specials on Lifetime and the Disney Channel. He just asked me about Keisha. It turns out that stereotypes are bullshit, and he was just a really nice guy who was doing the same thing I was doing in fourth grade, minus the table. He wouldn't fit. That's what she said. It was bittersweet but I took some pride in helping them get comfortable with each other and I let their own chemistry take over. 
They started dating, they began hanging out after school, and I gave my old crush space to enjoy time with her new boyfriend. After that, she and I didn't talk as much. I just started doing my own things, like playing football, doing clubs, working at the radio station, and by the time high school ended, I had gotten accepted to one of the best colleges in the state, and I had my own girlfriends and people fawning over me. Keisha was not really much a part of my life anymore. But one day in the hallway, after we had finished our senior finals, I was going home and I saw Keisha headed in my direction. We said hello and made the small talk we hadn't in about five years by that point. But before we split, the last time I saw the old love of my early years, she said, You know, sometimes I regret we never dated. I smiled and said, I think it was best that we just stayed friends. Then I kept walking to my car, on to new gloves. And it was good that we were just friends. But actually, I just figured black girls didn't like me and was exclusively dating white girls at the time. The end. left us all missing the joys of socializing, live music, and travel. But thankfully, Eurovision is going ahead, and you can experience all of this and more right from the comfort of your own home. With all the glitz and glamour of Mardi Gras and the pizzazz of America's Got Talent, the largest song contest in the world, yes, bigger than the Super Bowl, you heard that right, is covered by the wonderful team at Eurovox. Bringing you the latest Eurovision news and updates, you too can experience all of the incredible musical talent that Europe has to offer. So check out their official website now, eurovox.tv, for the ultimate Eurovision experience. Hey everyone, I'm Claudius and I have Jamie and we're here with Chris Bowles and he is the producer. Hey. I'm sorry, Chris, I'm going to cut you off. I was so excited to introduce you. Uh, <laughs> no, you're fine. He's the creator and producer of the all new virtual dating game show. Love nerds. Chris, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun, fun little show that we came up with called Love Nerds. Uh, so it's a uh, online virtual dating game show. Um, it is, you know, fueled by nerd and pop culture. It's uh, kind of a ripoff of the dating game, but we've kind of, uh, it's, it's pretty blatant, but we've turned it into a way that is more unique in our way. So it, it's not a, a complete ripoff. It, there are some similarities there, but yeah, it's our own version of the dating game that is more meant for nerds and people that love pop culture and uh and trying to connect those people together in a way that maybe they could eventually hook up or go on a date whatever it may be i like that that's yeah. giving people hope too that are trying to recover from not dating for like a year <laughs> and a half i guess here maybe? Right. I don't know. yeah 
it's been I just started uh, going into the, the dating world and uh, yeah it's you know it still feels like a job interview sometimes yeah right um, sure. <laughs> jeez man um, I, I had I had my second date over the weekend and it went really well oh. uh, we went to uh, we went to we went to a virtual reality bar here in Atlanta called Reverie oh, I haven't heard Have of you guys heard of it I haven't no no it sounds cool though it's really cool. So, like, I'm actually thinking of getting, like, an Oculus VR system now. But um, it, the whole place is, like, uh, it's like an arcade, but it's all, you have rooms dedicated to, you know, you and whoever you're with. And you can play these virtual reality games. Oh, so. That's so cool. Oh, that's really neat. Where is it exactly? Like, where in Georgia? It's off of uh, Monroe Avenue. Okay. So, pretty much, like, Midtown area. I want to go check that Really out. cool place, though. I spent way too much money there, but it was well worth it. <laughs> Dude, heck yeah. So, All right. I'll, yeah. That's definitely on my list now. Thank you for that. See, Chris good dating place yeah like chris knows all the hip places to go like nerdy hip places to go hang out well i don't go to all them i'm very much i stay inside most of the time which is uh you know i'm trying to get around that but i do know the places whether i go to them or not is a whole different story yeah i feel that that's that's real i like staying home i'm a homebody so (laughs) that's just kind of my deal make some lasagna drink some whiskey and you know hey simple man you know it's all good yes it's it's the little things it works yeah Well, you mentioned like a little bit of your role, um, in uh, I guess for developing the show. But like, what, what was the process in in developing the show for you? Yeah, so I started off by ripping off the dating game. Um, <laughs> no, so I uh, I ran some shows at a Joystick Game Bar a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a stand up comedy show called Eight Bit Comedy Night. Okay, uh, we had a live podcast there, and the uh, the owners of the uh, venue were really great and they were like hey do you have any more ideas yeah and i was like actually i kind of would like to produce create and host a dating game show that's more geared towards your particular bar the people that come out to your bar you know nerds uh and people into pop culture um so that was it i um you know that gave me some time to think about it some more i came up with the name love nerds which is kind of like a a little bit like love birds, love nerds. Yeah. Uh, so the logo came about where it's two birds, uh, and that was it. Um, and pretty much, I just watched a lot of the dating game, and uh, I figured, okay, their format is pretty simple. I'm not the only person that's kind of ripped them off. You know, there's been other, even Kevin Smith in Mallrats. If you guys remember that movie, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> there's a whole dating game in that show, which is kind of loosely based on this. I kind of got the inspiration, honestly, from Mallrats a little bit. Cool. Um, and from Singled Out, I watched that a lot on MTV. Uh, Chris that. Hardwick, as you all know, he's uh, he created uh, the Nurse Network. So yeah. a lot of connections there. I, th- I thought I had a pretty good idea. So we did it live at Joystick, and um, it was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of hard work doing a show in a live in a venue yeah. you have to focus on selling tickets and how many people are going to attend right. and you know so I thought let's give it a break and then the pandemic happened and I was like well people are in lockdown now right. and they still want to be able to interact and go on dates of course this came a little bit later on we're doing it now uh, but the idea was with the with that uh, and then also I just thought, you know, it's a lot easier to do a show online. You can get contestants from all over the country if you want, yeah. all over the world. Yeah. So the contestants are endless. Um, you can, you don't have to wear pants, which is really great. <laughs> That's true. That pants, yeah. pants can be a problem a lot of times. 
it's they're not fun to wear. Who likes to wear them? You just have to because society says you have to wear yeah. pants. But you know, so that part is cool. And also, I think just uh, being able to market and promote the show is a lot easier when you can do it online. You could you actually have proof of your show. You don't have to tell people to be at a certain place at a certain time. They can go on Twitch. They can go on YouTube and watch it. And then you know, I can edit the clips and send them off in little promos and videos on Instagram. So. I think it's kind of a win-win. I do think that eventually we want to do a live show, but I think we'll just wait until that time comes. Yeah, that'd be fun. So we'll see. That'd be awesome. Would you want to do that joystick, or do you have any plans? Uh, if they would have me back, that'd be great. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of thinking maybe uh, along the lines of conventions at some point. Um, I don't want to name any in particular, but you guys know are aware of the conventions, and I think Comic-Con may be one of them. So... I don't know if it's ever going to get to that point. That's really kind of high thinking, but I think if we can record enough episodes and give people a chance to see them, then maybe that will help with the pitch of doing them at like a convention where I got the people that I want to be on the show. Yeah, I agree. No, that'd be awesome. Jamie just totally jammed our table. So, you know, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Where's your podcast etiquette, Jamie? You know, (laughs) you guys have a nice uh, setup there. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Like to be, uh, to, uh, to I guess to pull the curtain. Um, this is our apartment, so yeah. we try to make it as yeah. nice as we can. But um, I, I like your it background. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. The background worked. It's just I'm, unfortunately I couldn't get my mic to work. But uh, <laughs> so like yeah. you, you talked about ripping off the the dating game, but like what was your approach to the format of the show as far as like making it virtual and just having it be totally online for right now, and also like being able to welcome people from from different countries, like. Because, you know, the American audience has a different appeal to different other, to other people. So what was your yeah. approach to the format to making it, like, appealing to more than the American audience? Well, the format is the same as it was when we did a live show. So really didn't uh, go too off on that. Um, and we're using StreamYard to do the show. Uh, so they've made it super easy to do everything that we did in a live setting to do it in a virtual setting. Um, so that was like, it was kind of a no brainer. Like, let's go virtual with it. Let's tape it, record it and go from there. And then as far as the contestants, we're pretty much staying within the country, within us right now. I don't want to make it too complicated with time zones. Um, but I do have some applicants that are from like Russia and Spain and different areas. So I think that'll be interesting, but I kind of want to wait until we get to a certain point before we start bringing on, you know, everyone else. But, um, I do eventually would like to do like a, a, you know, international, uh, version of love love nerds and see how that goes that'd be cool because i was thinking like how how you'd get past the language barrier you probably need like a translator or someone like that to write i haven't really thought about it too much um yeah so that part i haven't gotten that's why i'm going to stick with like people that are in the u.s a lot of our contestants uh actually are from los angeles um you know i, I put a post out on backstage.com which I guess is a website that actors go to. Uh, so we are we are booking mostly actors and comedians, and entertainers to be on the show. Everyone is welcome, but it just seems like it's easier to get people on board to do a, a live dating game show when they're already involved in entertainment. Yeah, so that's true. Did you want to host this show, or did you feel like you needed another voice to kind of get the vibe the way you wanted it to be? Because you do have hosting experience, obviously. So. Yeah, so I did host, I was a co-host of the show uh, at Joystick several years ago. So it was me, Paul Byron, and Laura Austin, who are two local comedians. Um, And I felt more comfortable co-hosting with them because they are entertainers and they're better better at it. So I I kind of just put myself in a hosting or co-hosting position 
and I was okay, but it's you really need somebody that's more experienced in it. So, um, although I had fun, you know, it, it got it got to be a little sloppy, and I was, uh, you know, at the time I was drinking a little bit more than I am now. So, um, that's a whole just to make myself feel comfortable because it's kind of hard to put yourself out there in front of the live audience, you know, when they're all watching you, and it's just kind of like birds in the headlights sometimes. But um, I still I still enjoyed it. For me, it was mostly being able to produce it. I find that I'm I'm better at producing. I'm better at creating and kind of uh, pulling the strings than I am at actually hosting. So this go around, it's going to be uh, me producing and me kind of just you know controlling the show and just making sure things flow in a in a good way. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a seamless like process for you guys because you have you have to take on the responsibility of keeping people entertained. You just kind of have to keep the show together. You know what I mean? Which is a big it's job a in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, producing and hosting, I think it's, uh, if you can do both, that's great, but it's easier just to do one or the other, and I think uh, you don't want to half-ass it. You better either be a good host or a good producer, but doing two at once is uh, five stars to who can do it, you know? Yeah, no doubt about that. Do you have a favorite part of hosting? Like, do you enjoy any part of that now, since you're in the producing role, or do you kind of, like, remove yourself completely from that? Um, I don't mind hosting. I think it depends on the events. I've hosted like trivia events. I've hosted uh, karaoke events. Um, I think it just depends on a kind of event. Um, but I think when it comes down to me having to be fully entertaining, uh, I'm not so great at that. Uh, so I prefer somebody that is more experienced. But I do get some pleasure in it. But it also does, uh, there's a lot of anxiety involved in that too. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I keep to myself for the most part. Uh, so it's difficult to, you tend to get exhausted, I think, uh, emotionally when you're putting yourself out there all the time. And I'm extra, I'm introverted, not extroverted. I'm the opposite. So having to, to come from being introverted to then extroverted is exhausting. It is. So, yeah. Like having to be yeah. on for like more than 30 minutes to an hour is like exhausting. Definitely. It's training. So yeah. I'm, I'm good with just focusing on the producing side. I don't have to really, uh, there's a lot of more creative, uh, you know, ability to that. Mm-hmm. So it's true. I like it. Do you ever get people coming up to you in like normal days? Like, did you host a joystick? I know you from the game show. No, not really. if I ever get out, if I got out more, probably, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, every once in a while, maybe, I think. But I don't I don't think it was that. uh, It was a fun time. But um, I don't think it was like uh, anything where people were like, you know, I'm not like a celebrity or any kind of any kind of way. And I'm glad for that, too. Uh, But yeah, sometimes I'd be like at Ross or Target and somebody may come up to me and say, hey, you did that thing, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, And then you're like, yeah, that's totally me. (laughs) Yeah, that was or I say, no, that wasn't me. I think I got my mask on. So how do you even know if someone says, hey, I recognize as a producer. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool, but people don't recognize producers because you're not don't. the forefront of the thing. Yeah. So even though you're doing like a lot of work, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like you got you know because you're producing and hosting, like both of you know. So yeah, you're doing a lot of work, but yeah. um, if you're not on stage, no one knows who you are, and they probably don't care. Yeah, they don't you can't care. go around saying, "Hey, I produced this thing," because <laughs> yeah. then you just look like an asshole. Exactly right. So, <laughs> so then you just hope that the host is going to say, "Hey, by the way, this guy yeah. is the producer of it." Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, the host yeah. isn't an asshole and he gives you credit, you know, something like that. Um, I work with pretty good hosts, so yeah, it works out. Yeah, your hosts seem really, really awesome. Especially like Matthew from Atlanta; he's really nice. I like him a lot. 
Um, Matthew English yeah. and Julie Maritek. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I've uh, been, it was a privilege to work with them on not only that podcast, but other, other events as well. And they're both, they're, they're both producers as well. So they, they kind of, they wear multiple hats. They can produce and host and do the whole thing. So yeah, I think it's like really important these days to like not have one skill set, I guess, or one skill, I should say. Um, is there a certain part of the show that you're excited to share with viewers? Like anything that you're like looking forward to seeing a reaction from people that are watching? Yeah, um, I think um, what I will say is that there's going to be some surprises because it is a live show. It's unexpected. You don't know how the contestants are going to re- or answer to the questions. You don't know what the reaction is going to be. Yeah, I like that. So I love the live show element because you don't know what's going to take place. But what you can expect is uh, entertainment, uh, lots of laughter, and um, expect the unexpected. Okay, that sounds like something I'd want to watch. Definitely, I'll definitely tune in <laughs> for <fun>. that. <laughs> um, so, do you see yourself being ever being a contestant on your own show, Chris? Sorry, I'm just noticing the Darth Vader and Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah, classic Michelangelo, classic Raph back there, like from, from like '94 or something, '92 actually, '92. Yeah, so yeah, the Raphael is my favorite. Not just uh, I, I'm going to get back to your question, no, but Raphael. Fine. I've never seen the first Ninja Turtles movie when it came out. Same. I'm 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 a bit older, probably. Maybe we're the same age. I don't know. I don't. I think you guys are a little bit younger. But yeah, either way, I saw the first movie when it came out in the theaters, which was I think '90 or '91. Yeah, I think you're and right. I remember. Yeah, it was a while ago. I remember watching it, and I was just um, amused by the fact that Raphael could say shit in a movie. Oh, that's right. Like, I, yeah. Because in the comic books, right. in, in the in the uh, the cartoon show, mm-hmm. that was never that never happened. No. And of course, I didn't realize at the time that the comic book is actually very dark. It is where it's, where it's based on. Yeah. So it was very accurate to the comic book, but not so much to the TV show. So mm-hmm. I went I went to school. I think the day after I saw the movie, I was in third grade, and I started drawing images of Raphael <laughs> saying shit, and then I would say shit. I used the word all the time. That's the, yeah. And they didn't like it. Uh, the teachers did not. Um, Teacher's so lame, man. So lame. You can't say shit when you're, you know, right? what, uh, nine years old? Yeah. What is that? Oh, no, no. I, I remember about that movie. I remember loving, still loving the rooftop fight with Shredder. It still it's holds great. up so hard. I you know, it's still so kind great. of a dark comic book movie. Like, it's still, it, it was kind of like it predated itself because we. We think of Batman, uh, The Dark Knight, as being like the first official dark comic book movie, but really, uh, Ninja Turtles was pretty dark uh, up until the second one when they had uh, Vanilla Ice in there. But, uh, <laughs> and and like, you did know. you know that they had they they never used their weapons in the second one at all? They did that on purpose. They didn't use any swords saw, or sides or anything. Any nunchucks. we probably saw the same documentary because I watched the documentary about it. And that really um, sucks. Yeah, so they totally changed it. So they couldn't use uh, any sword. Like, how can you be a ninja and not use nunchuck swords? Like, what is that? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand that. It's just so stupid. Secret of the ooze. That was <laughs> what a horrible name for. <laughs> that'd be a great name if it was like a porn, like Pornhub. <laughs> it would be a great oh, name. No. <laughs> Secret of the ooze. Oh my but God. right. There's a whole backstory to that that I also because I, I I watch all these YouTube videos I'm, I'm dork about just I like to know more about things. Yeah, so definitely. I feel that. I watched the uh, 
the behind the scenes of that movie and they said there actually was more emphasis on what the ooze was oh did they i guess i guess they couldn't put it all in there for time reasons so it just became like this weird thing like why did you call it secret of the ooze and we don't know what the ooze is (laughs) so now we can only imagine what the ooze is and my idea is not what it should be so yeah same i mean yeah but great movie and that rooftop scene never gets old to me so yeah um I'm going to turn it over to Jamie to ask the rest of these questions because I've been blabbing on this whole time. So take it away, Jamie. All right. So how does someone become a contestant on the show? Sorry, I'm drinking some whiskey. Um, <laughs> I thought that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, it's Sunday. I'm off today. So you become a contestant. Uh, it's very simple, actually. Um, you go to lovenerds, uh, lovenerdsgameshow.com. Uh, so the three W's in front of that, and then lovenerdsgameshow.com. You fill out a form. It's a very quick and easy form, but it does have to be filled out because um, the form is going to ask you a bunch of questions about yourself and who you would like to be matched with. Uh, so we, we really need that material for the show because there is a Q&A portion of the show. Fill out the form, very quick and simple. Once you do that, you're considered a contestant. So at okay. some point, you will be on the show. That There is no audition process it's very simple if you put in the time to fill out the form which will only take about five minutes then you're a contestant and that's really all there is to it um but everybody that fills out the form will be a contestant at some point cool so. and so for the contestants are there any like prizes for the winners i mean like you know besides potential romance and happiness no i'm kind of broke <laughs> so that's no, there will be prizes. I think what I want to do, uh, it, it'll be out of pocket, but I don't mind it. Uh, we'll do like gift cards to a restaurant. So if they meet up, then I'll pay for their dinner. Um, I think I'll do like a wine delivery service. I think that'd be kind of like uh, matching for, for the dates. Yeah. Um, I think Loot Crate. I love Loot Crate. So I think if I can send them some boxes of Loot Crate prizes, that'll be cool. And then eventually, you know, if we do get sponsors, then I think that'll that'll open up the, uh, you know, the area of prizes. Nice. Yeah, I think so, too. That'd be great. Especially if you start doing some live shows, you can probably get some revenue back. Yeah, from that. that could be cool. Yeah, doing live shows. So we can't afford, uh, I know the dating game sends people off to Jamaica and the Bahamas. <laughs> so that's not going to be <laughs> happening. But You'll get something, nice. you know. Just just send them to Midtown. It'll be fine. <laughs> Midtown is fine. Actually, I like Midtown. There's a lot of stuff to do out there. Yeah, definitely. So. so what can viewers expect from Love Nerds? Is there any kind of, like, audience participation? Like, what, what can we look forward to? Yeah, so expect the unexpected. But as far as audience participation, yeah. So it's available to where you can send us a message. It'll be a live message that we can read. Uh, and say out loud during the show. So you're going to be interactive in that in that sense that you can actually watch the show and uh, send messages. Um, That's really cool. I th- yeah, so that'll be cool. And then also, I think we're going to have some shows where the audience can actually determine who is going to match mm. so they can be the matchmakers. Oh, nice. Um, oh. Which is not fair to the contestants, but, you know, <laughs> it'll be entertaining yeah. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to let them do that. And we have a Patreon uh, Patreon account set up. So there's going to be more awesome. uh, things you can do. But I think we're going to get to a point where we can get a contest or a audience member to come on the show and ask a question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think of creative ways to where I can get the audience more involved. But I like that. really, uh, yeah, just going to lovenerdsgameshow.com uh, and get all the info there. But uh, people are going to be more involved in it. Okay, cool. And is that available to watch on Twitch or... The website or where exactly can they watch it 
Yeah, so it's going to be on Twitch. I believe it's uh, Love Nerds Live, if you put that into Twitch. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, it'll be on YouTube, uh, which I don't know anything about YouTube. I'm very new to it. Yeah. It's overwhelming uh, looking at it. So it'll be on there. It'll be more accessible, I think, on Twitch and Facebook. Okay. Yeah, so be sure to follow that. Better, so you're ready for the I have a better understanding of those things. YouTube <laughs> is a whole it's a whole mess. Whole new monster. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And you mentioned Patreon. Is that somewhere that uh, people can like support the show too? Or? Yeah, so if you feel like giving us money, it would be helpful. Uh, we put it back into the show. Um, so you can go to... Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can go to lovenerdsgameshow.com uh, and we do have an option to where if you just want to send a, one, a one-time uh, payment mm-hmm. uh, of whatever amount, you can do that through PayPal. Cool. Or you can also go to our Patreon and of course, the show is at the very beginning stages, so there's not a whole lot of content at the time. But yeah. if you want to subscribe, pay some money, then you'll get exclusive content. I like that. Um, I think we're going to start doing um, some bonus stuff. I think we're going to do like speed dates. So oh, cool. once the contestants have actually won and they've matched up, I think we're actually going to record them going on a date, a virtual date. Nice. And um, sorry, this burp there. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of uh, cool content. Uh, we're just kind of working our way into that. Awesome. It sounds, be like a, it sounds like a really fun like process and a really fun show. So um, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh. it sounds fun. I too. hope it's fun. Oh, oh. It should be fun. Oh, we'll Chris, you didn't answer my question about would you be <laughs> a contestant on the show yourself? You know, I've thought about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, Paul tells me that's not a good idea oh, okay. because you're producing the show. Yeah, I guess he's right. And... Uh, I don't want to come off. Well, I'm fairly desperate, but I don't want to come off that desperate. So whatever, dude, you're not desperate. I'll stick to to Bumble and and uh, and all that stuff, and I'll swipe right and left. Okay. Um, but no, I think it probably would make more sense to uh, you know to leave myself out of that. Yeah. Um, I think Paul's married. Okay. So I don't know if you guys, anybody wants to come on the show, but we're definitely looking for more contestants. But probably not me. I'm good. So. I'm going to call out our own Chris Evans. You should be on the show. He doesn't know yeah. I'm saying this, but you should be on the show because you can find oh, love. So is American uh, Captain America? Yeah, Captain America should be on the show. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you guys. That's really cool that you guys have that connection. So you're like, okay. If Chris Evans from Captain America wants to be on the show, but seriously, we are taking anybody. He should be. Right now, we are mostly it's entertainers, comedians, but I would love to do some shows where it's uh, you know people really just wanting to find that love connection and yeah, um, you know, I think we're really certainly cool. out there for it. Yeah, I think yeah. you're helping. You're helping a lot of people by yeah. just making it available. So I think that's really awesome. It's definitely an interesting way and something different from like just online dating. Yeah, because that definitely gets old. And maybe one day you can do like something on the show as like exclusive content for yourself. <laughs> be like, yeah, I want to date with me. <laughs> yeah right maybe. with the host but if, if things work out i think i may i may re- record a date or something yeah. we'll see but yeah. uh awesome. but the dashing host yeah. of love nerd. oh yeah sorry producer <laughs> um, <it> so <laughs> is there i think you mentioned some social media but where can people like further support you other than patreon and um just being involved in the scheduling and just keeping just being like in the know what's going on with the show yeah so um you can actually, there's a Love Nerds mailing list. Uh, so again, it's lovenerdsgameshow.com. Um, you can go there, uh, click on the mailing list. Uh, and yeah, when we have news, which will be like when we have a new show release or something other than that, uh, you can keep up to date on it if you're cool with uh, that kind of mail. Um, I, for one, don't really love having spam mail, but yeah. you know, 
Okay. I guess it's not spam if you subscribe to it. Uh, so you can go in there and then, yeah, you can go to, uh, we have social media. It's kind of non-existent at the moment, but we do have an Instagram, uh, Love Nerds Game Show. So once we have actual more content, we'll be able to pretty, we'll, we'll show more stuff on there. Awesome. Uh, Facebook, we have uh, Love Nerds Game Show on Facebook. Okay. And um, that's about it. So Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I mean... I think it'll be a really fun show. It's, it's different, even though it's very similar to something we've seen in the past, but it has like its own identity. So everyone tune in, support Chris. And I think it'll be a really fun experience for everyone involved. Even the audience, I get to ask fun questions. Yeah. So, yeah. And tune into the Epic Briefs podcast as well. Oh, thanks, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I, I've appreciated, uh, you know, I've, I've known you guys for uh, about, a, well, the last year and a half now. Yeah. And I've been listening to the show prior to then. And I just love what you guys are doing. So Thank definitely so keep it up. Yeah, thanks so and, much. I really appreciate that. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. I love what you guys are doing, so I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, yeah thank- we're a good match here, I think. I think so, too. Thanks for all making time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. If there's anything else you want to mention, though, definitely um, do so now. That'd be great. Um, no, I'm just going to drink some more whiskey. And- Sounds like a good day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right, Chris. All right, thank you so much thanks. for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure your earballs and listen to this. Hey, Epic Peeps. My name is Jeff Simmons, and I wanted to talk to you about a podcast that I've been listening to. It's called Science Rules, and it's by Bill Nye. Uh, It's a really cool podcast that I've gotten into during the pandemic. Reminds me a lot of Bill Nye's show, uh, if any of you remember that from growing up. Uh, It's really cool. They talk to all different kinds of scientists um, and people with different backgrounds um, about a variety of different things. Uh, There were two really cool episodes that I listened to recently. One, uh, they interviewed the CEO of Impossible Meats. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's the the meat alternative um, company. And they have ground beef and are working on a variety of other things. Uh, but it was really interesting hearing the CEO's um, reasons for starting the company, like what went into figuring out how to make it, as well as like some of the environmental impacts that the meat production uh, process has on our environment. Uh, It really kind of changed my outlook on things. Uh, Another cool episode was the cannabis episode for 420. They talked to a 
cannabis researcher. Uh, and it was really interesting hearing their story. Um, basically, they sit in a controlled environment with uh, a bunch of volunteers and just kind of let them smoke various strengths of cannabis to see its effect on the human body. Um, but it was also interesting hearing about how hard it is to study cannabis uh, because of the federal restrictions on it. There are um, significant amounts of red tape that they have to cut through in order to even get cannabis to study. Uh, so that's why like a bunch of the medical research hasn't happened yet. Uh, and then I also found it really interesting that they there's not a, a source for them to get CBD to actually run controlled studies on CBD uh, and verify some of its health benefits. Uh, so I thought a lot of that had already kind of been figured out. So it was interesting hearing that, that there hadn't been research into that. Um, so if you guys are nerds like me and enjoy science, uh, definitely check out uh, Science Rules. It's a, a really cool podcast. Thanks. for tuning in to Epic Briefs Podcast. Announcer VO and the Keisha story by Evander Baker at evander.baker on Instagram. Listen to this segment by Jeff Simmons. Thank you to our interview guest, Chris Boltz at Christopher Boltz on Instagram. Music used in this episode, Gothenburg by Donald Scott, Matt Sweeney, Alive Again by Dominic Wood and Hoang Lin Nguyen, Space Traveling by The Jazz Cafe, Weedus, Teenage Dirtbag Chiptunes Remix by Meme Music, Waves by Ritaman, and Chill Jazzy Lo-Fi by Chilogy. Follow and support us on all social and podcast apps under Epic Briefs Podcast. Be sure to tune in for something epic.